0: Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance his kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. Last week we looked at the source, which was the Holy Spirit within us, and today we are going to look and, and, and have an understanding, hopefully after this message, if I do a great job doing uh, pre- preaching it to you, but that we are actually authorized agents of God to accomplish His purposes and His plan in the earth. You know, and I struggled with kind of like, because like actually I told y'all last week the title was going to be actually an authorized user. And God corrected me, says, well, it's not a user, but it's an authorized agent. And we're going to look at those two words because I believe that those two words really do an excellent job explaining by definition of what God has called us to do and what he's calling us to do. But you you and I were God's authorized agents on the earth. He chooses to use people just like you and I. Right. We even know that the disciples, they were unschooled, they were unlearned, but yet they were near to the Father. And let me tell you what, if you stay close to God long enough, you'll begin to be effective in the ministry of what God wants you to do in the world. Uh, Those who are far from God, it's really hard to explain and to encourage people. You know, you can only share what you know. You can only share what you've experienced. And I I think sometimes our life's testimony uh, needs to be personal. It can't be like, well, Pastor Noe was telling me a story about his relationship with God and he... No, don't do that create moments of where you have relationship with God and you draw near to his presence and God touches and changes you because there is something super powerful about your testimony that isn't any better or worse than my testimony, but it's personal and it's powerful and it is effective in the things that God wants you to do. And, you know, I know a lot of times if, if it's hard for you to talk to people or to share the gospel with people, one of the best things you can do is just share a testimony of your own life. I know oftentimes scriptures in the in the word, it's hard because like, well, a long time ago in the Bible, there was this story. But guess what? When it is your personal story, there's power in that. Because nobody can argue with that. And guess what? Most of the time, if it happened to you, do you realize you are the most convinced? Right? Nobody can argue with your testimony. You're like, no, I promise you because I know I was lost and now I'm found. I used to, you know, be fill in the blanks. I'm not going to expose everything, right? But we know what we used to be like and hopefully what we're like today. And uh, we can always uh, communicate that as the glory of God working in and through us. So what do do we know about what God has called us to be? An authorized agent. Let's look at these two words really quick separately. So authorized means having official permission or approval. So we have been given official permission and approval from God. And then the word agent is a person who acts on behalf of another person or a group. So when we combine those two words together, a really good definition is an authorized agent is a person operating on behalf of God, doing what God has given authority and permission to do. So before we look at the the benefits of being an authorized agent, I really uh, had in my heart this week, and God was saying, in order for us to be an authorized agent, we have to make sure that we deal with ourselves first. Do you understand that God wants you whole physically, spiritually, and emotionally? do you understand that that God wants you healthy he wants you whole he wants you uh, to to really be able to be all that he's called you to be so this morning real quick i just have a quick object lesson illustration and now i guess if this is the only thing you remember from the message it's okay but i really believe that this will help us understand clearly what what it means for God wanting to make us whole now If we look at this passage in John 5, 5 through 9 in the NIV, this is the story about an invalid who who couldn't walk for 38 years. It says, when Jesus saw him lying there, he asked him, you know, how are you doing? What's going on? But he had noticed that he was in that condition for a long time. How many of you know, if you've been in the same position for 38 years, you're probably at that place of you're just going to go to heaven with it. Right, 38 years, you kind of have given up. It is what it is. But that moment that Jesus showed up, his presence showed up, it changed everything. And he asked them a very specific question. Do you want to get well? Now, I started looking at that passage in other translations. And in the New King James, it actually, or in the King James, it actually says, do you want to be made whole? Now, I want to challenge you. There is one thing to be healed. It's a whole nother thing to be whole. Right? I can get healed, but I can still maybe not be whole. That God is in the business of restoration. He wants to make us healthy and he wants to make us whole. He wants to make us complete. And, and notice this gentleman, he said, you know, if you know the story, he says, Sir, I've been by the, I've been by the pool and nobody can help me in. He is still focused on, on the tangible, physical ways to receive what Jesus wanted to do spiritually. Now, I believe that we can be distracted with trying to figure out, well, I've been going to doctors for a long time, or I've been just taking medicine for a long time, and I'm not opposed to those things, but I tell you what, when Jesus shows up and he asks if you want to be well, he's not talking in the vein of going to a doctor or taking more medicine. What he's talking about is removing those things so that you can be healthy and whole and be all that he's called you to be. So when he talks about being whole, we have to realize that in our life, We have a life full of sin, which if we look at this is our life and and we know that what sin does, it, it causes us to fall short, it causes us to have issues in our life and it's really like holes in our vessel. So when God pours out and God wants to heal us and work in our life, we realize that when there is sin in our life, it will never really allow us to be and to do all that God has called us to be and when he pours things into our life, look what happens. He pours things into our life And they just seep out. And then we try to bless others and we try to encourage others. And and what happens because of all of these holes in our vessel, we try to pour out. We've been poured into. That's all I got. And Because we're not whole. We're broken. We're wounded. We we have holes in our vessel. But let me tell you what God does. He takes our sin and what he wants to do is he wants to make us holy. So he covers covers us in wholeness and he causes Things to change in our life. So then what happens? He begins to pour into our life. And then guess what happens when he pours into our life out of a holy life? Now let me see if this works like I think it will. So he fills us up to overflowing. But check this out. If you let that cup sit there, come on. Work for me. Maybe I'll put too much water in there. Let's see if it'll work. Right here, Larry. It begins to push the sin out of our life and leaves nothing but his spirit. You saw it rise up. I didn't touch it, kind of nudged it. But, But we have to realize that the things in our life, if we are not healthy and we are not whole, it will cause us to be crippled and maybe we'll just be content and satisfied in being where we're at, but God wants to make us whole because he has an agenda, he has a plan, he's authorized us as his agents to do something great. But if we're bleeding out, if all of everything that's being poured in is just coming out of us, well, we may never be able to be all that he's called us to be. I had a, I remember a story about a pastor. He said, yeah, I had a vision and I didn't know what it was, but it was this illustration exactly. He said, people would come to church. And as he walked outside, he saw trails of water leading to the vehicles. And he walked out and he said, he said, Lord, what is that? He says, well, people are coming broken and wounded and with holes all in their vessel. I'm pouring into them. But by the time they get to their vehicles, it is all poured out because they're not whole. They're not healthy. And then we go home empty rather than full. So before we jump into this message, I want you to know today, this word is for somebody in this room that God wants you whole. Not just healed, he wants you whole, spiritually, physically, emotionally, the way we think, the way we feel, the way we see ourselves, all of these areas, God wants to touch you today in a powerful way. Amen? Amen. Anybody want to grab that? Says, man, that's for me, Lord. Yeah. Because once we're healthy and once we're whole, then we can really step into being his authorized agents. So we have to tap into these heavenly resources. John 14, 12, it says, Very truly I tell you. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do greater things than these because I am going to the Father. This was Jesus speaking. So I know throughout this series we've been talking a lot about signs and wonders and, and, and all of these things that would follow those who believe. And, and we should be seeing the evidence of God's power working in and through us. So this morning we're going to look at three benefits of being an authorized agent. So number one, as an authorized agent, you have access to the father. Now this is my favorite one of the three. You have permission, you have been granted permission to to have access, to, to be permission to get close to our father. Now my daughter, when she's in here with me, she always gets close to me and kind of leans back on me. And if I'm not careful, it'll almost kind of knock me off balance. And, um, first service, I was actually like, baby, what are you doing? She just nothing. All she is doing is getting close to her father, but she has access to me that she can get that close. And it's not awkward. Any of the else of y'all lean on me like that's going to be a little awkward, but she gets close and I just, she just looked at me, you know, and in my, fr- I, and I got a little frustrated. I said, well, baby, you going to knock me over. But guess what? God loves when we draw near God loves when we get close. He loves when we get the proximity of our lives close to him. And it's not that he just, he just waits for it, but he encourages it, and he has actually authorized our permission to come near to him. Can you think about that just for a minute, that we have access to God who is the creator of the heavens and the earth? We can draw near, and we can draw close, and we can hear these secret things. We can get close enough. If you've ever laid your head on somebody's chest, you can hear what? can hear their heartbeat remember the first time my daughters did that dad I can hear your heart and I said that's a good thing don't <laughs> hear my heart it's a bad day but when is the last time that you've drawn that close to God where you could feel his chest expand contract that you could hear his heartbeat because that's the authorization that you have before God to come close to come near to him To live a life filled with the presence of God. Romans 5, 1 through 2, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have a peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, justification, that's a a hard word. What in the world does justified mean, Pastor? So justified, the best way to always remember that is justified means just as if I had never. Okay? Justification means God sees you in the light as if you've never sinned, as if you've never failed. He sees you perfected in the image of Christ. Not because of how good you are, but because of how good Jesus is, right? We're clothed with him. So through that, we have peace through God, through Jesus, whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. So there is a measure of his grace that we can stand in as a child of God. We have access to come in but we also have this grace that is from God and then the Greek word is 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 charis which means an unmerited gift of divine favor of God towards man. Unmerited that means you didn't work for it you didn't earn it. he just gave it to you unmerited and re- truly receiving the grace of God should you should respond in a heart of gratitude. Because it's not something we've worked for or we've earned it's just something that he's given us he's lavished it on us his goodness his grace. We have a peace in our lives by knowing the Father and having access to the Father. In our lives, we have this peace that the world doesn't have. You can see many, many people searching for peace. You have any of those friends? You know, they're staying so busy, trying to just stay busy. But how many of you know the moment that you do nothing, or you're not filling your schedule with things, and now I don't know what your schedule looks like. That happens for me rarely. Rarely. But every now, every now and then it happens. But if I'm sitting there just for a few minutes, what happens when our kids have a little bit of lull in time and they have nothing to do? What do they say? I'm bored. Right? Our lives are not filled with nothingness. They're often filled with all of these things of the world. All of these, you know, we schedule our time commitments, our schedules super tight. But do you know being busy sometimes will never realize what is missing? But I tell you what, the moment you stop everything for just a moment, you will realize if you have peace or you don't have peace. Because most people are so busy and they keep themselves busy because they are not at peace doing nothing and just resting and just being. There are moments that I just sit at my house and the TV's off, the music's off, my phone is away from me, and I just sit there. Now, it's kind of awkward because my life is full of noise and TV and phone ringing and you know, I get lucky every now and then. Lately, my wife's phone's been a lot more busy than mine. But just to be. And in that moment of just being and resting, you will figure out, do you have peace or do you not have peace? Because if you don't, you'll be uneasy and all of a sudden you'll say, oh, I can't, I can't stand it. I can't be still anymore. I got to go. Just rest in his peace and his grace. Do you realize that when we sit in his presence and we draw near to him, peace and wholeness come and it can come quickly. Any of you ever just sat there, not in a way of like being frustrated or overwhelmed, but you just sit there and you just take a deep breath just because you can. Not because, like, oh, Lord, help me. Like, you know, where you're stressed, but just to stop and to pause and to rest in his presence, to rest in his peace and to live in his grace. Man, it's a lovely thing. It's, 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 it's one of those things that only those who know Jesus have. Because if you don't, you may not know perfect peace or perfect grace. But that peace, it will comfort, it will secure us. Hopefully the day that you see the grace of God at work in your life. Do you realize that this morning you could be anywhere? Right? You could be far from God. You could be who knows where. But you're here today. And that testifies to the goodness and grace of God that you're in here, that you're at least trying to live a right life or you're at least coming to church because mama said you had to, or I don't know. I don't know why you're here this morning, but you are here this morning and, and it, you could be way worse off. But God has you in this moment of his grace here today to know his love, to build relationship, to, to exalt his name you know, in, in, a, in a corporate setting. And it's a good thing. It's by the grace of God that we're at where we are today. Hebrews 4.16, it says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So how can we approach God's throne? Number one, by confidence. Do you confidently come into God's presence? Or, you know, I was talking to somebody in first service and, I said, man, I hadn't been to church in a long time, and it's always awkward when I hadn't been in a long time. Like, you're the only one, you're coming in, and like everybody's looking at you. You know, that's the devil busting you up. But how many of you know when you haven't been somewhere for a long time, sometimes there is that awkwardness. You're like, hey, Lord, it's been a while. And we come in cautiously rather than boldly and confident. Right? But we are accepted and welcomed. Not just Pastor Noe, but you are accepted and welcomed as a son and daughter of the king to come before his throne. Do you realize that you are never an inconvenience to God? You have to realize that. I think we're we're thinking, well, the Lord's sitting there spinning the world on his finger. I don't want to inconvenience him by whatever I have going on. Tell you what, God will always make time for his children. Every single time, you have that confidence. You have access and permission to come before his throne into the inner chamber close to his heart whenever you want. He loves you that much. We also have assurance. Do you realize that is self-confidence? That's not saying, well, pastor, I'm going to believe. I'm going to take your word for it. And I'm going to go boldly into his throne of grace because you said, no, that's you know, not I said You have that self-confidence that you realize that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Scripture goes on to say, not heights, not depths, nor angels, nor demons, nor nothing present or future can separate us from the love of God. You can't even mess it up. Thank God for that, right? That he says that we can come boldly before his throne of grace. We have the right to come to him through the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 19, uh, 10, 19, and 20 says, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open to us through the curtain that is his body. So Jesus provided the way that we could come before God. Hebrews, or Ephesians two eighteen in the New Living Translation says, now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Now, this was talking about Jew and Gentile, and Jews thought they were God's number one, and then Gentiles got added. I'm glad Gentiles got added because the Gentiles represent you and I. That he says, now the Jews and the Gentiles, guess what? They can all come to me. So it doesn't matter my background. It doesn't, ma- doesn't matter my family tree. It doesn't matter my, the color of my skin, that we can all come boldly before his throne as sons and daughters. So we can have access to the Father, a life filled with the presence of God. That's the number one benefit of being an authorized agent. Number two benefit, authorized to have authority from God. Now in this series, we've been talking a lot about the authority of God. So this is a life releasing God's authority on the earth through you. This is where we get to play a part in the big picture of what God is doing on the earth. It's not just where we just sit there and twiddle our thumbs and say, man, that was cool. Man, look what they're doing. It's actually getting in the game. And this morning, I feel like God is saying, hey, it's time to play, get in the game. But have you been paying attention? You know, uh, watching my son play football. He's not in here this service. I guess I can get away with this. Oh, been a lot more cautious to try to use him in examples with him being in here. But, you know, this is his first year playing football. And I know that he can learn just as much from the sideline watching as he can play in the game. Or watching a football game, or, or paying attention to the details. Like so, when you get the chance to play, guess what? You need to know what you're doing. Now, a lot of us, because maybe we're not in the game, or we feel like we're not in the game, we're not paying attention to the game being played. But what we want to do is, the moment Coach God says, "Hey, get in the game. I need you." Don't say, "Whoa, whoa, 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 what's going on? Where, am I on offense? Am I on defense? What are we doing? Which way's the end zone?" We know enough about football. I can keep using this illustration or I need to move on. Okay. It's like, okay, we're good. Sometimes we can be distracted and we're not paying attention because we're not playing it yet. We're still not, we're still not paying attention to what's happening big picture. Just because you haven't got in doesn't mean that God is not about to call your number and you're about to get in the game in a whole nother level. We see sports all the time. What happens when the lead, when the number one quarterback gets hurt, Ooh, it changes everything. You know, and that backup quarterback was probably on the sideline doing what? Playing bubble shooter because he knows he ain't getting no chance to play. (laughs) Get in. The quarterback's hurt. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Not ready. You know, it says be ready in and out of season. To always be ready. To always have an answer for the testimony and the hope in which we have. So... There is preparation even when you're not playing. But I want to encourage you this morning, you need to begin to prepare now because at any moment God can call you to get involved in the game and you need to be ready. You run out there, no helmet, no shoulder pads, no helmet, and you're like, hey, go get your helmet. Right? Just because you're not serving and you're not really involved right now doesn't mean that God isn't going to change that rapidly. You know, that was one, something just for this service, not first service. Some of you are going to get the privilege to play in the game like you never have. Sometimes we think dreams die. Well, maybe I'll never get to play. There's others that are better than me. But sometimes those who wait get the glory later. All right? So how can we approach with confidence, with assurance? We have authority from the Father. Now, let me me tell you a quick how many of you have ever had a bossy sibling? Or you were or you were the bossy sibling. <laughs> now, okay, if, you, if you're like the only child, you had friends who were always the bossy friends were telling you what to do. They took they took responsibility to tell you what to do, what not to do, and how to do it, right? They, they would make all the rules. If they were losing, they would change the rules for their own benefit. Whatever it is, that, that you always had this bossy person that tried to operate in their own authority. And how many of y'all took that authority and you took it as... Okay. Now, how many of you were smart and said, man, you can't tell me what to do? Who made you boss? Right? I remember it I was like, nobody told you. But there is a certain phrase that will change everything among siblings. When I send one of my children and I give them an instruction and they say, dad said, all of a sudden that becomes the law of the land and they love it. And if they are the bossy one, they puff their chest up and they say with extra boldness, well, dad said, you got to... And whatever it is. But let me tell you what, there's a difference between operating in my authority when I give them an instruction versus operating in their own authority. So when Father God gives us an instruction and He gives us a command, we can now have the opportunity to operate in that authority, not just self proclaimed authority. Because I'll tell you what, there's a lot of maybe even Christians, I'm going to walk on delicate ice here, I think there could be maybe even a lot of Christians that are walking in their own authority, but they're not getting the results, but they're trying real hard because they're not doing what God asked them to do. Self-proclaimed authority, but I'll tell you what, if you will be obedient to what God leads you to do, when to pray, when not to pray, when to believe for healing, when not to believe for healing, like, it's not always going to happen. But if we understand the instructions being given from the Father and we will pray according to that, we will see success happen because it's not my authority, it's God's authority. And when God says it and I communicate it, guess what? All of a sudden, it changes the variables, right? Because I remember it, you know, with my, with my siblings and what well, Dad said. Oh, man, I got to listen now. Been there, right? <sighs> Whatever. And, all, and then I tell you what, if you don't follow that instruction... And dad really said, because sometimes I felt like my sisters were manipulating it. Well, dad said, whatever. Hey, also in the vehicle, check this out. This is the one that I love with my kids. I'll be sitting in the front seat. Well, dad, tell him to stop. And they're in the back seat, warring it out. All three ducks in a row. And I'm just like, oh, man, I'm just going to pull over and take care of all of y'all. Right? But the moment I say, hey, well, quit doing, okay, and it's different. Because the authority from me versus the siblings changes everything. So we have that authorized authority. The moment that dad says and we operate in that authority, it changes everything. But you have been appointed with power and authority from God. Can you point at yourself say, I have been granted authority from God. As a, as a child of God, not pastor, Noe, not elders, not worship teams, but each of us have been given and appointed a power and authority from God. So power and authority has been given to you, not for your own glory, but for the glory of God. It was never for you that God releases his authority. It's so that what he wants done happens, right? It's not for you to look good, for you to boast out your chest and be like, well, my dad said, because if it's bringing glory to you, you're not doing it right. It should always be bringing glory to God as his messenger, as his advocate, as as his appointed one. In Mark 3 and then Luke 10, there's two different passages where he appointed, he appointed the 12 disciples, and then he appointed the 72 so in mark 3:14 it says he appointed the 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons So he gave them authority. He appointed the 12, and then in Luke 10, 1, and then verses 16 and 20 in the NIV, I'm not going to cover all of it, but it says that he appointed the 72, he sent them out two by two to every town and place where he was going. He sent them as their advocate, as their authorized authority to go before him. And then in verse 17, here's what I want us to pay attention to in that passage, Luke 10, 17, it says, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord... Even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So he was communicating. What you did was cool. But understand, I saw Satan fall from heaven. He was just reaffirming his authority. And it says, I have given you authority to... uh, uh, to trample on snakes and scorpions, to overcome all the powers of the enemy, nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So in that passage, he breaks it down. He says that you will, you will trample on snakes and scorpions. That's physical. Right? Physical. I had a physical encounter. Snakes and scorpions. I have also given you the power to overcome all of the things of the enemy. That's spiritual. And it says, nothing will harm you. So that's a message of divine protection. So realize in this passage, all of these things happened. They were, they were, they were really operating in the authority of God. They were excited that the demons were responding to the authority that they had from God, which maybe they made it a little bit about them. He says, hey, yeah, that's cool, but make sure that the lost are being saved, that their names are written in heaven is the biggest priority. So salvation has always been more important to God than signs and wonders. But we see passage after passage that signs will follow those who believe. So signs and wonders uh, uh, you, know, w- you know, is part of the process. Mark sixteen seventeen: is the signs and wonders will follow you. But signs and wonders without our names being written in heaven, that's a sad day. Because I can be healed, but not made whole. When I become healed, I wanna be made whole. We want our hearts to be restored. We want our relationship with God um, to come into focus. But authority from the Father releases power to ask him things according to his will. This morning, I I wanna give you a chance to really stir up your faith and and believe for God to release authority through you in a powerful way. I know a lot of times we hear passages and we hear stories in the Bible and those are hard sometimes to wrap our minds around and to connect with, but I'm in a group uh, with a whole bunch of pastors all throughout the US. So this happened about two weeks ago. I got a message from one of them. They started working in, in a assisted living community and, and, and serving those around them. And, and I, got a, I got a quick video this morning that I hope will grow your faith because they trusted in God and something awesome happened. You guys watch this real quick. <laughs> wow jesus wow jesus Super powerful. (laughs) You know, she makes a statement. I knew he was good, but I didn't know he was that good. That's where we stop. We think God just is worried about saving people so we don't go to hell, but he wants to do so much more in this lifetime than we could hope or imagine. And it's not for us to dictate what happens or doesn't happen, but it is our responsibility to release his authority in the earth. I think about this situation. What would happen if they didn't pray for that woman's leg? I'd be a bummed out lady if I knew healing was possible, but the man of God or the woman of God didn't pray, right? But we have to release that authority. I've heard testimonies and I've heard stories because like, man, this whole healing stuff, this is beyond me. I'm just like, Lord, I don't understand. It don't make sense. And he's like, yeah, that's why I operate in it and not you. But I've talked to a lot of people that really see a lot of signs and wonders and healing and miracles. Um, They say, well, we have a lot of healings. But there's a lot of times we just have prayers of faith and we don't see God break through. But if we never pray and we never ask God, you're always going to strike out. If you're not swinging the bat, you're never going to win the game. If you're not, you got, you, got, you got to apply it every single time. But I think that there are moments where we understand God's authority and we understand what God is doing. And what I call that is spirit-led prayer, that we're being led by the spirit. Now, i tell you what. I believe that the greatest signs and wonders will not happen within the church, but they will happen outside the four walls of the church. Because there are people that are non-religious that have more faith than those in the church. Sorry. What well, we think we're just stuck where we're just like, well, Lord, you're just good, rather than I didn't know you were that good. Faith to believe, faith to believe bigger than we ever have. And an openness to receive also. So we wanna operate in that authority, we wanna see God's goodness. But if we don't pray, maybe we will see nothing. But if we pray, we could see the power of God released in our lives. God is better than we could ever hope or imagine. We don't have to believe, or we don't have to necessarily understand everything that he says, but we need to believe what he says, all right? So number one, we have, we have, we have uh, access to the Father. Number two, we have authority to, to the Father. Number three, we have accountability with the Father. Now, let me communicate that because I know the, the, when you hear the word accountability, how many are like, ah, accountability, I don't like accountability. Well, let me, under, let me explain a little bit what I'm talking about. So this is a life surrender to following and serving God. But how many of you know accountability to God is a little bit different than accountability to other people? Because accountability to other people. You're checking on me and I'm checking on you and we're making sure we're okay. Well, let me tell you what. When you are accountable to God, you don't have to check on God. You don't have to make sure that he's okay. You don't need to make sure that he has everything together, that, he, that he's handling it all okay. You can understand that God has it. it, it it's, it's, it's okay. God is a big God and he can handle it. But what I'm talking about, this accountability is that we have benefits in being accountable, having a relationship with God that are for us as believers of Jesus. So when we're welcomed into the family, we're accountable to God. Um, but he also, you know, gives divine protection and there are benefits. So there's a passage that says we are his and he is mine. John 10 29, it says, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. This is Jesus talking. He just talks about how once we are God's, he secures us, he holds us. Psalms 103, two through five, it says, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And and he's about, the rest of it is going to communicate what those benefits are. Uh, It says, who forgives all of your sin and heals all of your diseases. Now, let me pause there just for a minute. That, that he forgives all of our sins. That would be good enough for me. Just heal all, forgive all my sins. Don't hold anything against me. Uh, make me right before you. But then it goes on to say, and he heals all of your diseases. Now, I know a lot of us will stop and say, well, you know, when I die and I go to heaven, I get a new body and all things will be made right then. Well, let me tell you what. I don't need my diseases healed at the end. I need to walk in health and wholeness now. I need to believe God to heal now, to cause breakthrough now. Now, there, let me tell you what, there, there is, you got to do your part, right? But we got to believe God to do his part. When we get a report maybe from the doctor or we get something that, that, that we're just like, Lord, what do I do with that? And we've done what we can and then we surrender to God. I believe that we can see that divine healing released in our lives and the power of God made available to us. But we have to trust God. We have to believe God for that. But I believe that's here and now, not when we die. Verse 4, it says, Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Verse 5, Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, I want us to be very careful because what happens in Christianity is people search out and seek God for his hands, not his heart that we are just pursuing God out of what he can do for us rather than having a relationship with us. Now, let me tell you what, if you have a relationship with him, all of these benefits are included, right? How do you not receive these benefits? You try to get those benefits without the relationship. All of these things will follow. So what is our response? Uh, You know, when we're talking about accountability to God. Number one, we got to bring glory to God by our lives. How are we living? What does our lives look like? We have to be personally responsible to honor God well by the way we live. Now, how many of you know that like when somebody says your last name, like the Canos or the Wolves or the Pierces, Moyas, like your name has credibility or the lack thereof, right? I'm saying like, you know, the last name, like oh, the Canos, huh? Right. That's my last name if you don't know. Like so like that's either a good thing or a bad thing, but there's credibility in in our name. You know, and I encourage Samuel not as a preacher's son or not as, you know, uh, as as a Kano, but I I encourage him that we want to have a good name because we're Christians, not Kano's. Right? We put pressure to live good lives not because we want to look like we have it all together. The Kano's really don't have it all together, but we are Christians Choosing to follow God in a way that bears testimony of a transformed, godly lifestyle. Right? So, how many of you also know the name Christian has really been slandered also? Guess what? Everybody's a Christian. here all the time. Well, I'm a Christian. Scratch my head. I'm like, hmm. Right. Like, you know, I just, it's, you know, by your lifestyle, by your fruit, by how you act. So, we really want to bring God glory by the lives we live. Um, number two, fan into flame the gift of God. Second Timothy one six through seven says, "For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For the spirit of God, gave, uh, the spirit that God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self discipline. Now, there is the spirit of God inside of us that lives inside of us upon salvation. We got that this much right already. We've worked real hard this series talking about that. But it says, fan into flame. What does this look like? This means bringing the logs to keep the fire burning. Right, right now, we know everything's dry. We could start a fire really, really easy. But when it's moist and it's wet and, and, and you don't, you don't have anything that's dry, how many of you have ever tried to start a fire in conditions that weren't ideal? How many of you know it is hard work? But let me tell you what, it is easier if the fire is already burning to keep the wood coming rather than starting the fire initially. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to continually bring the logs of our life so that we might burn bright for Christ. Also, guard what God has put in. 2 Timothy 1.14, guard the good deposit that was entrusted with you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. So we guard that dis- deposit. We fan into flame that gift. And, and lastly, in how we ha- hold, keep ourselves accountable to God is reveal the truth to the lost. Let me give you my train of thought real quick on this. So John 18, 37, this is why Jesus came. It says, in fact, the reason I was born and came to the world is to testify, which is a witness to the truth. So Jesus came to testify to the truth. And then then in John 16, 13 through 15, it says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So I started thinking about that. Okay, Jesus has come to testify to the truth. The Holy Spirit has come to reveal what all truth is. So what is my, if Jesus, is, if Jesus came to testify to the truth, the Holy Spirit came to guide you into all truth, it should also be our, our goal to reveal truth to the world. That is our accountability to God, to give them what we got. That's it. The accountability to God. And as we do that, the blessings, the provision, the health, the, the prosperity, all of those things come into play. But I can't get those things without the relationship. Can you stand up with me? But God is calling each of us as his authorized agents to do the work of ministry in this life. How many right now, if God said, get in the game, it's time to go, it's time to play, and you'd be brutally honest, you'd say, pastor, I would not be ready. There'd be some things I'd need to get ready, deal with first. There's some things in my life that I'd have to adjust. I wouldn't be ready because I've just been sitting, not expecting to get in the game. But the moment that God calls on us, he equips us, (laughs) he authorizes us, and he will cause us to do things and to be someone that we could never be on our own. I have prayer teams available. you can go ahead and come on up. So... This morning, I don't know where you're at in either of these three as far as understanding that each of you have access to the Father, that He loves you, and that you can come boldly to His presence. Usually a lot of that has to do with identity, how I see myself, what I've done, not understanding the blood of Jesus. But today, maybe He's knocking on your heart and says, son, daughter, (laughs) come into my presence. I just want to be near you. Just lean back on Jesus just a little bit and see what he speaks into your ear in that closeness. Maybe you didn't realize the authority that came with being a follower of Jesus. He you said, Pastor, I know none about that. I thought just pastors got that authority. Uh uh-uh. Every believer has received that authority that maybe God wants to show you the authority that he's given you today. And maybe He's challenging you this morning just to a deeper level of accountability towards Him. Right? And the cool thing is anything that God calls us to, He can work it in our lives. So I'm just going to leave that with you. Access to the Father, authority from the Father, and accountability to the Father. And whatever it is that God is doing in your heart, I just encourage you to respond to that and allow Him to touch that today. Can I pray for you? Lord, I thank you for your goodness, Father, that you have given us authorized access in our life to your presence, to your authority, and into really a relationship with you. And Father, we say thank you and forgive us for not realizing the depths of what you've done. But today, Lord, we celebrate and we're excited about what the future holds in our lives for what we can do in and through you. Father, as we go from this place, God, I ask that we would operate in your authority boldly and courageously. Father, that we wouldn't limit it based on our ability, but Father, that we would trust you in your full ability. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in and through our lives. That as we come and see and we come close to you, we see great things. And we forever changed. Lord, as we go from this place, go with us. Father, help us to know you more than we ever have, more intimately than we ever thought or imagined our relationship with you could be. Bless each one under the sound of my voice and go with us from this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.